Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi, everyone. This is Jen Plim and Cheryl Perry with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for joining our Smarty Podcast today. Here with us is Mary York Oates, Director of Admissions at Charlotte Latin School and also on the Charlotte Latin Field Hockey Varsity Coaching Staff. So today we are going to tap into her brain about year-round sports. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And to, we're excited to get the perspective of Coach Oates. Um, first coach. Off, yeah, I know. I I've, I've always love calling people coach. Yeah, I want to be too. coach. Yeah. Um, what are some of the benefits you see besides the obvious of sharpening talent, but from playing one sport all year? The children that play for a club team and a school team, I assume that's do the. I believe in in supporting your school, but if you're also playing for a club team, I think the benefits can be um, the exposure to more coaches, right. a variety of techniques and styles. We all bring something different um, to children and to working with kids. Different players playing with the best players typically. I think club teams tend to attract people that that um, either really, really love it or they are motivated to maybe play beyond high school. So there's a, a level of commitment sometimes. It's really exciting. And then the exposure to tournaments where you're going to get some visibility can be great as well. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, it can also <laughs> give you a <laughs> nice, good sense of humility when you go to a region maybe mm-hmm. that's really known for right. a sport. Excelling. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. you can sort of see how it's played at a higher level. So yeah, I think those are the benefits. And then I love to refer to Malcolm Gladwell's, um, a lot of his work, his books. But one thing he talks about is, Anytime you do something 10,000 times, you become sort of a master of it. And so what I would say is the 10,000 touch effect. You know, you've taken 10,000 free throws. You've taken 10,000 dives. It It's going to become um, – there's going to be some automaticity you develop from doing it more. Just being the best that you can or your child can Or just be. the repetition of it, quite frankly. Right, right. right. So what do you think the drawbacks are? Um, the drawbacks, first, first – probably most concerning drawback would be overuse and injury. So especially if a child is too young, um, you'll see um, kids that are doing this repetitive, you know, 10,000 is great, but is is 20,000 two times as good? Is 100,000 borderline abusive? You know, so when children use the same muscle groups again and again and again, and they haven't had enough recovery and rest, so that's a drawback. Another drawback is the burnout, um, and which then, I see. I'm seeing a lot because I've got high schoolers now, and it's it blows my mind mm-hmm. how many great student athletes are like, eh, forget it. done with that right, because they started maybe in second when grade. they were too little. Yeah, like, I think there's so an early too early of a start time to focus on one sport. My personal well, opinion. you know how I feel about development, and you cannot cheat it. So if you do it too early, and it's especially if a child has aptitude. 
then the parent gets excited and the child gets right. excited and the child wants to do it. And the child right. sees other people that are doing it. I mean, I think it starts out pretty innocently. Right. Um, but then the coaches kind of get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And you get swept up. Mm-hmm. Right. It's easy to get swept away. Mm-hmm. I think another thing about club that disturbs me, I mean, that is a sort of, this is kind of dark and I'll share it with you, is that if you just do one thing all the time, you never have the experience of being the the backup kid on a team or at the right. bottom of the bench, so to speak. So I really firmly believe and unapologetically that multi-sport athletes are some of you the know best. the best. And so, you know, maybe in my experience, I, I played three sports. I played field hockey, basketball, and I ran track. And um, my favorite was basketball, and I was the worst at it. I mean, it's, you know, my yeah. least um, – if you looked at my stats, it would be my least successful sport. But the reality was I loved my role on the team, and it gave me um, a, a time of really recovery while staying active between two seasons where a lot was expected of me. And I right. think we forget about that, that when a kid has to be in a position of leadership when they're 13 or 14 because they may be the, the most best. experienced, um, then that's another level of pressure. Yeah, so, I haven't thought about that. Well, I think um, – And you have less perspective of what it feels like if you haven't ever been on lose, the bench. To yeah. lose, yeah. Right, or, or to, to not be, be someone that. that doesn't get the PT. Right. You know, it's a really important lesson. Yeah. and It makes you a much better leader. Yeah. I'm really curious as – because if you – I've listened to a lot of podcasts by – um, well, I just listened to one, the 30 for 30 ESPN mm-hmm. podcast, and they interviewed a bunch of professional athletes of all different sports, mm-hmm. gymnastics and football, just saying what goes into creating a professional athlete. And there's this, you know, it's luck, it's skill, it's timing, it's it's everything. Mm-hmm. But as there's so many kids now in year-round sports, I'm really curious in 10 years what, is what it the professional like? sports yeah. landscape is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk to most professional sport athletes now, they say – be a multidiscipline athlete, you know, right. do the season of the sport. And then once you find your niche, then focus on it. But I'm curious what it's going to be like. Or mm-hmm. you might, uh, sometimes you run out of time or you start too late because the competition is so right. fierce. Because they started so early. Right. And then... Or, um, I mean, I'm, I still am holding hope that an athlete's an athlete's an athlete and grit and drive and agility and ability you know, you know, you can tell instantly who has that or who doesn't. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot more competition on in the horizon with year-round whatever. I mean, there's year-round anything, yeah. any mm-hmm. anything you have. Uh, you know, we just took on wrestling. It's a new sport. One of my kids is a very multi-sport. He does not want to settle on one thing. He wants to be active in a different thing each season, which I love, and we're supporting that. And so his new one is wrestling. And I was like, you know, I'm new to it, brand new. And I had no idea there's year-round wrestling here. And there's year I mean, it's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There, there's – it's love- ex- almost expected. And then and then those kids are winning. They're winning everything. Oh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And, um, but when will ours catch up? And, and then another aspect of it is how much – 
financial burden is that on families? And do only the wealthy kids who can afford yes. $300 a month plus um, year-round sport from age first grade on, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are going to get all the spots? Is that for real? I don't know. So No, I don't think so. I believe what you said initially, an athlete is an athlete is an athlete. I can tell you that Latin – has benefited. Our field hockey program, we've won um, the state championship right. for four consecutive Congrats. years. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. As I say, I'm, I move the cones for Coach <laughs> Deb Savino. Give Coach Savino a big plug there. But um, And I do bring something to the my role. Um, being a student of the game, um, having been involved for 30 years in the game and at Charlotte Latin coaching um, and have done a lot of clinics, read a lot of books, seen a lot of webinars, have worked with some incredible people. We have benefited from a very robust club system in Charlotte. Yeah, and I was going to ask that. We have right. had players that have played club, but got to give a shout out for uh, Cece Colombo, who came to us, never had a hockey stick in her hand um, three years ago. And um, she was a very, very good lacrosse player. But Latin's a school where you've got to do multiple things because we're small. Right. Um, and so she um, came and it, we could tell from trials that she was a wonderful athlete. Um, but she um, was a little bit of a hot mess and in the beginning, but just stuck with it and ended up being one of our all-state um, recipients awesome. this year. Really cool. I love so, that story. And that story is going, you know, should go viral. In addition to CeCe, we had several players that play in the club circuit. They, too, were all-state. Um, two of them are going on to play at the next level. Um, and I think that that culture is is great um but i don't think you have there's one way to that and i I think one thing i would say to parents and this may be a sort of a brutal blow but you know if you are going to that next level a division one team they're going to call you pretty early you're going to know like ninth grade probably right 10th grade Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you can't um develop into a really give yourself an opportunity to play at the D1 level. Last year, we had two girls that were um, walk-ons at D1 schools that did not sign until much later. We have a wealth of girls that um, are playing at the D3 level at very competitive stakes. And the the players they're becoming four years later they, you you can't even recognize who they are um, from their high school experience. It's just it's really really neat to see. So, you know what what is the end goal? If the end goal is, um, you know, college scholarship, I'm gonna say it better be football because there are not too many that are revenue producers. Right. And, or fencing. I've heard um, fencing is a good one to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're probably not gonna get much money for fencing right. because you there's do, a concession a sales at fencing yeah, you're is right. not so through the roof. Yeah. But if you're talking about revenue for sort of pay to play, it's gonna be for a program that has revenue to spend. And so um another little shout out, um, my nephew, Scott Robison, is a world-class swimmer. I'm really proud of him. Nice. Incredible. He's retired now and um, is working. Um, just finished his um, – got his MBA at Darden, went on to be a very successful person and adult. But Scott was one of those kids that at eight at his local swim club was just slashing records. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just got in the pool. Yeah, he was stood, just kind of killing out. it. Yeah. And then from the age of about 14 – he specialized 13 year round, but really got 
into it in, a, in an intense way, changed clubs a couple of times because he wanted some balance, and he went he went on. I mean, you can Google him. He was um, a world-class swimmer, swam with all the greats, was an Olympian alternate. I mean, he was something else. But what I can tell you, it was not because his parents designed Pushed it. That. Yeah, right. yeah. He took talent and ethic and combined them in a platform that was comfortable for his success, picked a great school, went to Virginia undergrad. Wow. You know, when I was swimming in particular, you have to really want that because that is a lot of alone time. Early in the the morning. Yes. You are not getting cheers. You're not getting a lot of interaction with other people. And when he was done, he was done. You know? Well, so that kind of segues into like what, so I know it varies by sport and depending on, on, on the sport, but when do you think or recommend a good time is to maybe hone in on one sport and focus on and potentially do year-round? You know, like there's there's waves of parenting where, you know, we all start and, and young and do soccer and such, and then, and then maybe we start with the club there. But what – and sometimes they burn out, sometimes they don't. But what is a, a time that, yeah, you definitely should – if you're sports-minded and you want to do one sport – what age is that? Like eighth grade, seventh grade? I think, um, you know, I'd ask some questions first. And my question would be just what is the end goal? End goal, right. You know, and I think that if it's preparation for staying in the game longer, I Or just making college, your varsity team now is hard. It's almost well, to the point where it's making your high school team. Right. You have to have played or right. – yeah. Then I think that, you know, I think 14 is a good time. I yeah. mean, I think the one thing I can say about my teenage children is I really had no problem with them being busy every single day. No. So it keeps them out of trouble for sure. Keeps them out of trouble. They're tired. They're disciplined. They're getting some social. They're getting a lot of social out of going to practice, going to meets, going to McDonald's afterwards or Panera or wherever, and then getting home because you've got to get homework done. I mean, I... I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth. I, I mean, we kind of are, and we should, and we should you, you know. Yeah, like, that's the whole conundrum. There's no right answer. There isn't There's no right, right answer, or wrong so answer or path. It's Mm-mm. it's. I think what you said is talking about um, your end goal, and does your child really know what that end goal is yet when sometimes you put them in these situations? And and what is that end goal? And they they might not know it until eleventh grade, and then and maybe the end goal is done, and or maybe the end goal is yeah, I do want to do this longer. I would let the child drive it, sort of. Um, I would if a child wants to do club in anything by the time that they can really say this is something this I want to do. Yeah, you know, I don't see any harm in investigating that and doing that. I will never say anybody should specialize. It's not my – I just believe that balance is, so all the time, is yeah. really important. And, and I, But that doesn't mean they need to do multiple sports. That can mean a lot of things. But w- one thing that I do believe is, is important is as a parent in the club world, you need to feel comfortable with these adults that your children – that your your children are spending that much time with. So they have a lot of impact. They have a on... lot of impact. And I will say that my feeling and belief, and Catherine Armstrong is a good friend of mine. Hey, Catherine, if you're listening. Um, and our boys did 
lacrosse together. And I'll never forget when we were in a situation where there was one more tournament and pressure to do one more thing and travel, and it was going to be an expense and time taken away from family time over a holiday weekend. Um, And Catherine looked me in the eye and she said, Mary York, at the end of the day, we have to be our child's advocate. Because if your child is a great athlete or even an important member of the team, Right. I'm not saying that they're the all-star, the MVP, but they're one on a selected roster. When you're on a club team, they take X amount of kids, and they need all those kids. I will say that. They need your commitment. If you signed up, you need to go. Right. But at the same time, if if for us what it really came down to was we were asked to do – this was lacrosse. He did school lacrosse, summer lacrosse, and then wanted – was expected to do fall ball. Well, he played football as well, and he was a, he was a senior, and he was yeah. had to do. I just wasn't gonna drive through the night after a football game to get to Philadelphia. You know, it just right. it became insane for yeah. our family. Yeah, when you step back and think, right? Know, this is, this and is I just thought it was diminishing. And my son didn't want to do it either. So it wasn't like he was saying this is where I want to be. There are times when I have been worn down by my children, where they have said this is really important to me. Mm-hmm. But I have seen parents more often than not um, get as much as they feel that they're supporting the athlete, they they become a little bit of um, – I talk about this a little bit, the kryptonite – that I will see kids come really stressed to practice. And I'll say, what, what's going on? And they say, well, I haven't scored in three games. And I'm like, what? Did did – is that something you're keeping up with? Well, Dad and I talked about it last night at dinner. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, that's wow, terrible. take that pressure off of you. And yeah. they don't mean anything by it. And I'm not sure that the parent led with it. But, but that was the takeaway. The takeaway was there. And I just sort of think, I know they it was well intended, but, you know, it doesn't usually help. No. no. However, I mean, you know, on the hockey field, I will be really clear and I will tell a kid, you know, I had a conversation with a student this year where I said, you got to get your stick down. This is a really high level player. And she's been in so many tournaments. And, and she said, I don't like when you yell at me. I said, I'm not yelling. I'm telling you to put your stick down. You're too far along. Yeah. You know, you're too far along to not know that that should be automatic. I love the fact that you can do these other great things. But, you know, I'm not going to apologize for having a high expectations mm-hmm. but i'm not putting pressure on you i'm not i'm not well and uh, well we have um it's a weird yeah. i mean i think our kids are a little soft too and yeah. so that's when well, that whole the whole coaching dynamic too like it, there's a fine line and um, we've been in a couple of different sports where the coaches see so much potential in an athlete and they're they want to push them to reach that potential mm-hmm. and then the child sometimes is like I'm not ready for that, or I don't. Mm-hmm. But that—that's what a coach's job is to do mm-hmm. in a in the right way to expose you to higher level. Mm-hmm. And um and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's grit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. um digging deep and and you know trying to help them reach their highest potential. I will say though that most of my experiences. You know, when you ask me percentages, you know, 85 percent of the parents that I deal with are so fair and balanced. And the ones, you know, Daniel Jones, who's this quarterback at Duke, has done, um, who may very well be drafted, is my son's closest childhood friend. And one of them, I'm lucky that he has many wonderful friends and Daniel's one of them. And, 
you know, there are parents that have exposed him to a lot, but he didn't even get picked up until he broke his his hand the summer for his senior year, so he didn't get to go to any of the camps, you know, and he just kept at it yeah. one snap at a time. And I, I really do believe in that. Yeah. I, there are too many successful people in this world, and the kids that I fear that have made this desire to play at the next level um, that that can't take instruction from a loving teacher and coach who can be firm but who's going to have their back at the same time, they're going to really hate the next level because Division Definitely. I coaches are not – They're not going to be not like warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling right. you. You're playing the best, right? and it's, I mean, we're going to win. I still kiss my girls on top of the head after I've fussed at them. Yeah. You know, that ain't happening. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. And if you're playing club, your parents are paying, too. You're, they're so. paying. And so <laughs> the club coaches are going to be very careful with right. their instructors yeah. and yeah. politics. And yeah. I think that most coaches, like if you're really, really deep down a coach, you want – the success you want to meet the child where the child is. Yeah, there are a lot of club coaches that are doing it for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's what they do. Right. Well, they that's want life. Win. Also, after you're a professional athlete, maybe you go into coaching in the club, and that's a way to yeah to make a living. So, do you have any favorite clubs in Charlotte? That- I I like clubs that m- merge um, exposure and. Um, development. So I like to see clubs that are really focused on um, the development of the athlete appropriate to their age. So I'll give a shout out to AC Lacrosse, my friend Nikki Williams. Um, she's one of my closest friends and someone I work with. Actually, was my assistant field hockey coach in the day, um, and she's she's got. She's got such a big heart for these kids and has done a lot of things on the national level as well with um, a really cool diversity um, initiative in women's lacrosse, which is really neat. But AC Lacrosse is doing some neat things, and um, it's a girls' program, and I love our girls. So she does a nice job. But I I think anytime you have – and people are going to know I'm very biased because they know that we're friends. And she did not pay me to say this. I usually, <laughs> I usually, right. I usually give her a really hard time. There are other, um, you know, wonderful. Uh, my daughter rode at a wonderful farm, equestrian um, hunter jumper farm called Keystone Stables, and just love Emily J. She was one of those teachers that young, but she would insist that Annabelle, my daughter, have on a collared shirt. Her shirt was tucked in. She took care of the horse. I'm not going to babysit you. You've got to meet these, you know, um, these expectations to ride. You know, I think any any place where they're really investing in other things in the sport yes. is yeah. great. But there's so many wonderful programs. And to your point, you can do anything, whether it's swimming or diving or um, gymnastics. And I just would caution anybody to do something too young, too too many hours in the day. Yeah. Right. Because they'll burn out. Mm-hmm. Or they'll get or get hurt. Right. Or you'll burn out. I mean, there's it's only hard. so many baseball mm-hmm. games. Yeah, there's only so many hours after school that Pick you Pick a got. short sport. Yeah, I, exactly. I gotta give a shout out for lacrosse. It's or done an, in yeah. an hour. Even there's something to be said for an indoor sport too. Yeah, you don't have to worry good. about the weather. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, great. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can find Charlotte Latin School at charlottelatin.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Latin School and Twitter at Charlotte Latin. You can always find us daily on charlottesmartypants.com, Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Smarty Pants, and Twitter at Charlotte Smarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. 
The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com.